This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hi again, welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs, an evolutionary astrologer and channel on the web at tdjacobs.com. And uh, today's show is uh, an interesting one, uh, one for me, and I invited uh, one of my students, her name is Kat Belmaris, uh, and uh, invited her on the show to talk about uh, media and entertainment. We were, we're doing a lesson uh, for her lately, uh, talking about uh, aspects to the nodes and, and, and kind of stuff that I'm drawn to came up and stuff she's drawn to came up, and I wanted to, uh, to explore that with her in this, in this call. So thanks, Kat, for, for, for doing this with me. Um, as far as announcements go, um, uh, Happy New Year, if you're into that kind of thing. Today is January 1st, if you're listening live. And um, recently we had the winter solstice, and uh, uh, today we had a new moon. Uh, in the sign of Capricorn, conjunct Pluto, and activating a grand cross with Mars in Libra, Jupiter retro in Cancer, and Uranus in Aries. And uh, details about all these things are part of the new subscription service that launched on uh, the winter solstice on um, the 21st of December. Go to tdjacobs.com and uh, check the, the look for the little graphic in the upper right-hand corner uh, under the banner uh, that says subscription service and click on that and you can find out how to become a subscriber to tdjacobs.com and get um, just about an hour's worth of, uh, of videos and audio on in-depth stuff for the month. So uh, without further uh, delay, uh, we'll just jump right into this call. So Kat, thanks for, for coming on the show, for being willing to do this with me. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to our chat here. Thank you, Tom. So uh, what we're going to do is talk about um, a couple of things about charts, karmic indicators and charts, and, and what kind of media we're drawn to. This, this started because in your most recent lesson, we were talking about Mars aspects to the nodes. And I mentioned that uh, specifically with like conjunction squares and then oppositions to the south node. And I mentioned that I have a friend with Mars on his north node, and then I have Mars square the nodes. And we are drawn to the same kinds of uh, entertainment. We're, we're, we're not people who, like you, if you met us, you wouldn't think that we'd be interested in watching like war movies or movies where things blow up a lot. But, mm-hmm. uh, but it's true of each of us. And so I was telling you about you know, his Mars on the North Node. He's, he's trying to figure out how to do Mars or how to find it. So that's something that would come into play because that's one kind of Mars. And then for me, Mars square the nodes, like I'm trying to resolve some issues about Mars. And then, and then, uh, and then you said uh, about about death. So could you just you just tell a little bit about your um, about what you were telling me, and and then uh, it's you know you also mentioned it made you think about some things, and so just kind of just kind of jump in and, and, and tell me what you know what, what's on your mind about it. Well, we're, um, after I got the phone with you, I was thinking about the eighth house because I have the moon uh, on my north node conjuncting the North Node and Uranus in Scorpio in the 8th house. And so I started thinking about, because we talked about the themes that were present, and um, I started thinking about all of the, you know, books that I've read and the movies that I've been drawn to over the years. And as a, as a little child, like, one of the first movies that I was drawn to was 
the elephant man. And I think we we talked about that. Mm-hmm. I would sit late at night by myself as a child and watch this movie. And um, I recently watched it, and it was kind of it was almost I didn't understand why as a child I would be so drawn to this movie. But looking at the eight house, like some of the themes there, you know, I think it really helped me cope with all the depth that I was trying to understand of my, the moon and Scorpio and all those feelings that were going through me. It kind of gave me a relief, or I would feel a relief after I'd watch it each time. And then I started to think more about the eighth house and some of the other media that I was drawn to. So what are some of the themes? Um, you know, truth and seeking truth and mm-hmm. um, coping with death. And throughout the years, like, I've been drawn to a lot of um, dystopian novels and also a lot of documentaries. And this was maybe about 10 years ago. I would fall asleep to these disturbing documentaries about things, and it would calm me. And it was really right. intense. <clears throat> and even the dystopian novels. Like, I love dystopian novels um, you know, like, as, yeah. a, as, as a younger kid, too, and then well into my 20s. And then recently, um, well, not recently, maybe about 10 years ago, seven or eight years ago, I had this fascination with, I, I started getting more involved with death. And I, uh-huh. like, I ripped through the Six Feet Under series. Um, and, you know, just anything I could get my hands on, I guess trying to understand what, what is death and, like, the awareness of my own, you know, mortality. And, yeah. you know, I could go to sleep. There's a movie that I love to watch. It's called Grief Walker, and it's about this... Um, man who helps people come to terms with their own death and to me it's the most peaceful calming thing ever but i've shown it to yeah. other people and they're they're kind of like why are you watching this <laughs> right. so right. that's really i mean just anything i can get my hands on and even more so um i've been getting really involved with any type of literature or documentaries that involve life after death so all of these uh-huh. eight things that i'm trying to understand i think that are kind of and these are really to me they're very calming and they make, they make me feel calm. They make me feel yeah, yeah. like I'm understanding myself better, like I'm understanding the world I'm living in. But, you know, people that I hang out with or, you know, people that I've been involved in relationships with, not necessarily something they always want to sit down and, you know, eat dinner to. That's right. That's right. I love. <laughs> well, so, okay, so that's, so, so what I want to do is have the audience, you know, the listeners just kind of take that in as a statement and just take that in because I haven't given out your birth date yet. So now, if you're listening along, I want to give you Kat's, uh, Kat's birth date and then I'll also give you mine as we talk about uh, my deal later uh, in the show. But uh, August 2, August 2nd, 1976. 9.07 p.m. in Chicago, Illinois. And so, you know, she mentioned she has the, uh, you, know, you mentioned you have that moon and Uranus up there. You know, the dystopian thing is total Uranus on the north node. I mean, it's totally Uranus on the north node. But as you're talking about the death thing, I thought of a, I thought of a friend of mine um, who has Uranus on the Scorpio north node. So she's really close in age to you, though she does not have a Scorpio moon. She has a Scorpio sun. Um, uh-huh. But, but she made a documentary about, what she, about her process of learning about her options of what to do with her body after she dies. Huh. And it's called Corpus, and her name is Connie Deletti, and she's a, she's a, a filmmaker and an editor, um, and she also does intuitive readings, and I'm trying to get her to come on the show. She lives in, uh, in, uh, in Toronto. Anyway, so that, that, that thing about that quest of, you know, to, to think about death and to have something to say, you know, to, to explore it. And, and so what I want to say is that, you know, when something, 
is on the north node, we haven't had that validated for ourselves in a bunch of lives. Like it's a planet on the north node, it's a part of us. But mm -hmm. the people we come from don't get it and don't wouldn't like to talk about it because it's outside their experience. But and so a lot of people would have this this I feeling of I don't deserve that or it's far away. But you know, Kat, you're not like that. You're like, you know, I I know that's true and I need to fig I need to figure that out and I think there are lots of people with that kind of signature who wouldn't have found, you know, a movie or something when they were younger, but kind of like been in this search of looking for something. And so I think that it's interesting that you, you know, you're talking about the Elephant Man, and and that that is also related to Chiron on your South Node too, the sense of difference and woundedness and, you know, rejection and stuff like that that may be a part of some past lives of yours. But that intensity, mm -hmm. you know, that intensity of looking at what's hard to look at, I think, is definitely that Scorpio, you know, Scorpio stuff on the North Node, and or in the Eighth. I keep forgetting it's in the Eighth. Um, so that's that's so. What I wanted to ask you too is because you have Sun, Saturn, and Ceres in Leo in the sixth square of the nodes. Yes. Right, so 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 in, in my mind, that's that's like an unresolved issue. So so you may be on some level also trying to work out, you know, in, certainly in some ways from what I've heard from you, but I want to find out, you know, working out issues about authority and leadership and the right to exist and nurturing and protection, protectiveness. So, so like, are you also drawn to movies about underdogs who have to prove themselves or anything like that? Or I'm just kind of curious because I didn't ask you this the other day. Yeah, actually, definitely I am drawn to, um, I love, like, to see the underdog, um, you know, win out. And I, but you know what, when you brought up what I, you made me think of another thing that I'm interested in. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I was really interested for a long time in existentialism, specifically mm -hmm. um, Jean-Paul Sartre, and like the idea of, you know, why do we exist, and all of the, mm -hmm. all of the questions that come up with existentialism. So that might kind of fall into that category a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like the right to exist. Yeah, the right to exist. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Actually, I did my part of my thesis in college was on Camus, who's kind of, Albert Camus is a French-Algerian novelist and playwright and philosopher, and so I'm really familiar with what you're, you know, with what that's about, because I, you know, have my own kind of existentialist issues <laughs> with why are we here and all that stuff. Um, as a, I, as a, like, an early, my early college years, like, you know, late teens, early 20s, mm -hmm. I read a lot, I was really fascinated by that play, No Exit, and, um, uh -huh. and did a, a series, because yeah. I paint as well, I did a series of kind of paintings of, of random, abandoned, like that paintings mm -hmm. that symbolized the my mind, and they were often mm -hmm. these abandoned buildings with dragonflies flying through them. So I don't know, okay. but um, yeah, but right just this idea that you know, um, I guess why do we exist, and mm -hmm. you know, so, but Sartre yeah. was a big one. So and what happens yeah. after we die again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I didn't ever, um, just personally speaking, I didn't ever want to think about it. I, I didn't want to know. And I have, I have Pluto Venus together in the 12th house. And so there's this definite thing about, you know, death and, 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 my, and my karmic history and loss and, and how to deal with that. But I, I wouldn't look into it until um, after I was doing some channeling stuff with spirit guides 
then basically they were telling me that I should work with dead people, and so I started doing that and learned how to do that. But I would never have wanted to do that. And, and even now, like I mentioned, my friend Connie's documentary, I think she sent it to me three years ago. I can't watch it because I'm still working on my own stuff about my, my mortality. So you're, you're, you're totally ahead of me on part of that. Um, but uh, but, but so, so for the listeners, what I'm, what I'm thinking is that, you know, like, like for Kat, this, this stuff about Scorpio and the Eighth, this, this sense of truth and the sense of, of getting real answers to hard questions has been missing. And that's what it means to have something conjunct the North Node. And it means that, you know, opposite, that that, that curiosity and that, that need of that part of the self is opposite the people you come from, which means your family. So it's like, you know, to, 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 be, in, um, to be in an era where we can find, you know, entertainment media, whether that's books or um, plays or, or, you know, or, or movies and TV, anything, where we can actually explore those themes. I think it's really interesting. You know, so for the listeners, you know, if you ha- you know, what, are you, what are you really drawn to? And then look at your south node and your north node. And maybe you don't have a planet conjunct the north node. I think, I think with Kat, this is really obvious, but maybe it's just your north node symbolism of there's this thing that's true, and maybe nobody I know can, can deal with that or validate that. Um, so you get, you get drawn into that. Um, well, I'll give, I'll give out my birth data now. Up to now, you would have had to get the Soul's Journey 3, a case study, to see my chart because I don't, I don't typically give it out. But this is, this is kind of a fun conversation for me, so I'm going to you know, in, indulge it. And Kat was a, a nice enough to share her data, so I'll share mine too. It's November 8, 1972, at 4.16 a.m. in Dover, Ohio, uh, on Earth. And um, so you can, you can see that I have Mars, Uranus, square the nodes in the first house in Libra, square the 10th house south node. And, and for me, it's, um, it's, it's action, things blowing up, people chasing each other. It's conflict. It's like those are the kinds of things I'm drawn to, but I'm not, I'm not interested in them. But it's like, and this is what I had said in, in that lesson when this sparked this for you, Kat. I said that um, it, it matches some kind of thing that's happening in my field so I can relax. And it's so counterintuitive and nobody gets it. And that's when you said, yeah, the stuff about death, it makes me, it makes, it makes me relax. And uh, so my girlfriend and I picking out movies, it's just about impossible because she has no interest in that. And, and, so, uh, and I'm almost embarrassed that that's what I like to watch because I don't want to fill my head with, with violent images. But I'm processing mm-hmm. something. You know, I'm, I'm giving space for something to get to get worked out. And, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. I mean, I totally it. relate with that. There's like a sense of embarrassment. I think that kind of comes with the intensity of the subjects that I want to choose. Like I've learned to kind of, um, you know, to indulge in lighthearted movies with my friends, but you know, or you know, partners that I've been with. But yeah, you know, if I'm let my own devices by myself at home like I am consistently like picking something that is just so intense you know almost like a few hours later or a few days later I'm like okay I need to like you know laugh a little bit or you know because I'm just (laughs) drawn to these just like you know really drawn to these these subjects and you know I have to remember that I need to kind of lighten up a little bit (laughs) which is good yeah go ahead well, and that's why other people exist too. I mean, that's good for you to like let other people to kind of, oh yeah, okay, we'll do this too. You know, like to add that in, that's good. But it's like in some in some lives with the setup stuff on the North Node, 
basically somebody will die in your family when you're like a kid and you don't understand what happened and nobody will tell you. And if they do tell you, they'll tell you 10 years later, well, she went to a better place. So it's like in some lives, it's like you are starved for that information. Mm-hmm. And also Moon is about, you know, as we talk about in your lessons, it's like happiness, safety, security. So it's not just about, you know, something you want to know. It's something that you can't relax until you know the truth, Scorpio in the eighth house. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't relax. And everybody around you might be saying, um, oh, you don't, you don't need to know that. Well, because they perceive that they don't need to know that. Right. And so it's like this, it's, you know, it's an automatic setup by your soul to have you need to do something that, you know, sets you apart in some way. Because, you know, as I say, the stuff on the North Node, sometimes people feel they don't deserve it. Sometimes feel mm-hmm. people, it's been lacking or it's been kept from them or it seems like other people get to do it. So they're like, they're like well, why, why would I bother? But, there is, but it's real, especially when a planet is there. You know, it's really right. the part of the person, especially moon. I mean, you know, it's really a major part of the personality. And um, speaking and then, what you're saying, yeah, like ahead, ahead. Family not, the family not really wanting you know, or not kind of honoring that, it could be the reason why I would often, like, late at night, and it was probably, like, 11 o'clock at night, my parents would go to sleep, and I'd tell them, I'm going to stay up and watch TV. And this was probably around when, at the ages of, like, 9 or 10. And I would mm-hmm. go, because I'd see it in the TV guide that the elephant man was going to be on, and I'd had this like private viewing for myself and I could feel all of those emotions by myself and if anyone ever like walked in like what are you doing like oh do you know like I played it off like oh just watching a movie you know but it was only it wasn't until later that I revealed this depth of emotion that I felt around this movie so yeah I did it all by myself quietly <laughs> yeah 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 I think um uh I I think that um I, I would be off. I am awfully embarrassed, actually. Yeah, when when my partner leans over my shoulder and looks at what I'm watching, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah, I'm watching that. And actually, this friend of mine, uh, my friend uh, with Mars on the North Node, um, he and I will be drawn to the same things, and we both use Netflix, and we'll mention, oh yeah, I was watching this, and and the other one will say, embarrassed in an embarrassed way, yeah, I've I've seen it. <laughs> you know, it's like uh-huh. something, and and even to the point, like he's a he teaches meditation and. Qigong and and uh, is a very chill guy, very um, you know relaxed guy who's into you know getting along with people and creating peace and health and harmonies, and and so but then you know this is the music consumption. I remember he said to me, uh, maybe this was like a year and a half ago. He said something like, "I just finished the last season of Twenty Four, and he looked at me and his like eyes were not quite bloodshot, but they were like really stressed out. You know, like it looked like. You know, he'd been through something awful, <laughs> and uh, uh-huh. and and I said, yeah, I finished it like two weeks ago. You know, it was the same kind of like <laughs> drawn in this terrible, terrible stuff. Which which I, I had watched the first couple seasons when it was on, and then I stopped watching TV. But then I wouldn't go back and watch it because um, I had heard there was torture happening, and I was like, oh gosh, no, I can't deal with that because the imagery stays with me. Oh, I can't deal with that. But it's like, but then I've really tapped into this, this thing about um, there's some, there's a noise, there's an awful noise sometimes in my field. It's not like a voice in my head. It's just mm-hmm. like a frequency. And it is karmic. It is stuff that's happening in different lives about war and torture and, you know, just even accidents, you know, but that are very mm-hmm. dramatic and, and, you know, inspire, you know, adrenaline release and, and uh, fight or flight stuff. And, 
And so I don't identify that way, but I'm, 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 certainly, I'm certainly drawn to it. And what I've noticed in him, and I haven't mentioned this to him, and I don't know if he listens to the show or not, honestly, but what I, met, what I notice in him is that you know, Mars in the North Node, he doesn't um, always inhabit that Mars because you know, he hasn't been taught how to do it. That's a North Node thing. But he will draw partners to him. He will date women who have a very active Mars. And so that's what I notice as a, as a thread. You know, when I, meet, when I meet somebody he's dating is that there's like, you know, there's like a Mars thing because people with stuff on the north that they're learning how to, how to own it. You know, they're learning right. how to own it. And yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I, I wrote yeah. about in the Soul's Journey 3 that um, this, it's a case study about 19 of, of my own past lives. And I, and I wrote about all these different things that I got into. And one of them, um, one of them for me is a Spartan. And it's one of the last chapters, one of the last of the 19 I became aware of. And, and, and Sparta, this, this you know, old-timey community thousands of years ago, uh, had the um, most feared and respected military on the planet. And basically, they trained all their, the, the boys who you know, weren't deformed or weak or something, uh, starting <laughs> at the age of, I think, six or seven, they trained them in. But, like, if, if you were a boy who was born with a deformity, they would leave you in the woods to die because you couldn't ultimately serve the community. Oh, wow. So there's this, like, coldness that comes in, and I, I totally relate to that of if you have a goal, you have to do certain things that are unpleasant. And I have this, you know, it, sometimes, it's, it, sometimes it does kind of make me nervous, as I, I wrote about in the book, but... When I can get over that, this part of me is a great, uh, he gets things done, and he doesn't let anything stop him. So it's actually very, very positive if I can, like, you know, harness the energy without his thoughts. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, harness his, yeah. his way of doing things. Yeah. But he no, I think that would be an asset. Yeah. <laughs> Is as what? long as it's what? handled in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Because cause he's just very clear that if you have a goal, you have to, you know, like like the idea of like collateral damage. Like he's like, well, you know, stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Because it, yeah, anyway, so uh, I have that that part that part very active, and uh, I tend to see things in black and white. And um, you know, it's it's he's not compassionate. You know, he's not a. Uh, uh, very forgiving about anything, so I have to really kind of actively, actively manage that. Mm-hmm. See that I like. See, I was thinking about that that the underdog story thing, or um, uh, because I I kind of have that too, and I'm wondering, like you, I, you know, we're looking at Sun Saturn in the um, in the sixth. This idea of like proving the self. So I was trying to think of because I do have an underdog thing, and I also have a um, the person has to go through a transformative, like, scorpionic process and, um, you know, be forged through some fire, like some kind of, like, really intense experience. And so some, some of, like, um, in the last, like, 15 years, the comic book character movies have really appealed to me, especially the um, Christopher Nolan Batman series. That is, mm-hmm. like, that's going on in my head right now. Like, all, like, that's in my field. Like, that kind of intensity and good and bad and, you know, all the kind of... Um, fighting evil, that's like, I don't know, I must have some life where I'm like, you know, a vigilante. I don't know, but it's like, that's like in my field too, you know. Huh. I recently, yeah. you know, think I recently saw The Conjuring this weekend, actually. <laughs> and, oh, I don't um, know what that is. It's this, it's this horror flick um, that just came out recently, maybe like last year, last summer. 
And it's um it's based on the writings I think of Ed and Lorraine Warren or the experiences. They were she was a clairvoyant and they kind of I guess were labeled as ghost hunters. They worked on the Amityville horror case as well. But this is a household or a house that is um haunted by a woman who killed her firstborn so that she could elevate her status, I guess, as a witch. And she hangs herself. She kills her firstborn and then hangs herself or something like that. She kills her child or something. And then okay. the house is haunted uh, by, um, by she, what she does is she possesses every female that rolls through there to kill their, her, her child. Okay, so the story right. takes place in the 70s. It's, it's interesting. It's based on a true story. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. I was reading about it the next morning, um, and the, the children that lived there said it was pretty accurate, the movie, like, to what had happened. So my point is, I guess, that the exorcism that took place, that's something that I kind of, like, resonate with in my own, mm-hmm. like, like, that I vibrate with. I'm like, this intense moment of, like, death and saving the soul and this mm-hmm. life versus dark, the duality of it all. I was like, I was feeling, I guess, like, oh, you know, like, I just resonated with it very much. So I was like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. It made me speak as well because I was like, this is another movie. <laughs> you know, you're making me think because I've, I've done some mediumship work that's been very, um, and I've told you about a couple of them. At least I've told you about one of them. But... There was another one. I, I don't know if I told you the second one, but um, the one I, actually the one I told you I don't often tell, so I'm actually going to avoid that. Um, uh-huh. it, gets, it gets kind of weird and hairy, but like this other one, and it was one of the first things that, that I did. Um, but it's like again, I don't want to know this, but it comes to me, and mm-hmm. it, you know, and it, and it presents itself as real, and then you know, it's part of my process of making peace with the reality of some of these things that people do to each other, mm-hmm. and, and there was a man um, who, had, who had killed a couple, of, well, a couple, he had killed a number of people and hadn't, hadn't been caught, and he was hanging around at this uh, house where one of these medium, sh- these seance people that I was hanging out with, that's kind of a weird way to say it, but they were doing seances sometimes, and they invited me as I was learning, <laughs> and, um, and the guy, the spirit was kind of holding back some of the spirits of the women he had killed on this property. And so the people I was doing this with wanted to help women release. And so my job was to hold this guy off over to the side out of the way because he was a really obnoxious bully. And he was, like, threatening them and threatening us and all this stuff. And it was like hanging out for an hour or something, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, with this guy who has all this hatred in his heart who, in, you know, after death, because he died an old man. He didn't, you know, this happened, and then decades later he died... And so, but he had all this, like, hatred and just, like, just, like, dealing with the reality of that feeling. And I remember go, on my way home, I had to stop at a greasy diner and eat a big fat burger and fries just to have, like, heavy food that would slow my field down because I was trying to, like, process and move out all of his garbage, mm-hmm. you know? But it's like, but anyway, so, so these movies where these things happen and then it's like, and I actually avoid horror movies, so that's why I'd never heard of the movie you mentioned. Because mm-hmm. I avoid them, but then it comes to me anyway. You know, it comes yeah. to me. <laughs> and stuff, and it's like, it's real. Just to tell you right. it's real. And now we'll take the first break. Uh, stick with me. I'm uh, Tom Jacobs from The Soul's Journey. We'll be right back. 
the way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Looking for answers to help you navigate life? The book Jehudi Speaks offers wisdom channeled from Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain, and Merlin on humanity's opportunities during these exciting times. Jehudi Speaks provides what you need to know to grow and evolve on Earth now. A compilation of four channeled books, Jehudi Speaks explores karmic relationships, our relationships with animals, loss and death of all kinds, why the imbalance between masculine and feminine occurred and how to end it, and tools to evolve, including working with intuition and spirit guides, integrating past lives, and the truth about manifestation and abundance. Order Jehudi Speaks today through tdjacobs.com. back to the soul's journey this is tom jacobs from tdjacobs.com and today i'm talking with an astrology student of mine cap Maris, about uh, entertainment and karma and how we're processing different things that uh, i've experienced uh, that we've experienced in different lives yeah i and you know what for the longest time i was i had like i liked horror movies as a child and then for a long time i think um i had an experience where i lived in um a house that that had spirits in it, and it was okay. too too real to deal with for me. So from that point on, yeah. I stopped watching horror flicks. And recently, I feel more connected and in the flow of um, spirit. So I was kind of you know right. experimenting with it again. Although this movie, I just have to say, like left um, a bad taste in my mouth. I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm yeah. not into this anymore. But, um, well, it's but like, it made me you know, think a lot. It's a sensational thing. Sensationalism. Like when you're a little kid and, you know, even a teenager, like for a lot of us, it'll appeal to us. And then, but for you, it sounds like, I mean, it, you know, your perspective has, has grown up into like, well, actually, it's not about being scared, but it's about the theme of death or what happens or how that, you know, how that happens and, and stuff like that. And I, so, I mean, it seems like for me, I'm kind of processing a lot of stuff about, how death occurs and for you it's like you're processing stuff about what happens after <laughs> because mm-hmm. you know and I, I think that you don't know i think that in some lives i say it this way people keep it from you because they want to protect you you know mm-hmm. and it's like and even if you're like i can take it tell me the truth they're like oh nobody uh-huh. needs to know this nobody needs to know <laughs> this and you, i mean you with this stuff in the you know you'd be the person who would want to you know, spend an hour with the mortician learning about how that works. Like, that would actually bring you, like, I, you know, not that you necessarily did that in this life, but, like, I could see you as, like, a 15-year-old in some other life being like, look, Dad just died. Can I at least talk to the guy who's going to prep the body? You know, right. it's like, no. <laughs> you <laughs> know, and actually, like, when I've, there have been moments of my life that I've, I've felt drawn to do hospice work. 
I, I was like, well, oh, exactly. at some point, I, I want to work somehow with death and dying. I'm not sure what, that, mm-hmm. what that's going to look like. But yeah. before, it looked like, oh, hospice nursing. You know, like this is what, mm-hmm. it's something that I see happening in front of me. And this is something I could do. You know, and most people, and sometimes specifically, I felt like it should be with children. And, um, uh-huh. you know, when you tell people that, they're like, are you sick? <laughs> yeah, right. But, right. you know, I just, I feel very comforted by, um, you know, trying to, to understand death and what it means to all of us. And I had a near-death experience, and I think that that kind of opened up and unlocked, oh. you know, even more um, of a quest for what happened. So, oh, can you, when we you, die. You, will you share about that? Will you tell me about that? Oh, yeah. It was um, when I was 21. Uh-huh. I... Um, my friend was driving and changing a CD, and she just hit um, a, one of those medians when they're doing construction, those big concrete barriers, mm-hmm. and we flipped um, over a bridge. And in two seconds, we were going 80 miles an hour, by the way, and the car hit her side and crunched it all in, and my side was left untouched. But we flipped, right. and we went down into like kind of the, the ditch because we were going over an expressway, so we were going over a bridge. Over about two, two seconds more, the um, ambulance had said we would have been over the bridge, and probably mm-hmm. not survive. And two seconds mm-hmm. before, we would have just rolled down. Uh-huh. But we wound up like having an impact and then slipping, so it was enough to shake you up. And um, at that point, they weren't sure if I was paralyzed or not. And you know, I woke up in the hospital and uh-huh. just to see the reactions of those people around me, like my family and friends yeah. and the idea that even the ambulance driver was like, we've never, you know, talking about like the fact that we survived that was, you know, enough to kind of wake me up and make me think about death even more. So it, it wasn't that yeah. I wasn't thinking about death before, it was that I was aware now <laughs> about my mortality. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. Well, that's part, that's part of this North Node for you, too. Is like, I mean, that's part of the reality of life and death is that you actually mm-hmm. will die, too. So that's interesting because that's, that's, a, that's a major, like I would say that people I know or have worked with who have had near-death experiences, there's, there's that, like waking me up to my own mortality. Some, some people have this other thing of, well, I had to decide if I was, you know, some people actually have like, you know, they go into the light for a second and come back. They have to decide if they're going to survive. So that's another theme. And then sometimes it's just like to, you know, make me appreciate what I have and what my life is. Um, but, but what you said is one of the, like, major functions of a near-death experience, in to, you know, to wake you up so that you're, you know, you can f- – it's like, it's, like, it's like death seems to knock on your door and try to, like, take you out to dinner or something, and it's like mm-hmm. that, makes it, that makes it real. And that's – I mean, that is um, – you know, that is that is Moon Scorpio on the, you know, Uranus Scorpio on the North Node in the 8th. It's like, like your awareness about death. And like you said, yeah, it's not like you had been not, not, a, not a, it's not like you were avoiding it before, but it, but it snapped into focus and got very real, you know, got mm-hmm. very real. And, yeah, you know, I just keep coming back to this, this thing about, you know, with the Taurus second house south node, it's like there's, um, you know, there's a need to keep things stable, you know, you know, to some degree, and there's a, a conditioning mm-hmm. about things being straightforward, <clears throat> not complex, mm-hmm. and but then Chiron's there, so there's also this 
sense of something emotional is there that may or may not be processed. And so it, it's kind of like, and that's just you know, part of Chiron in general is like we're learning how to process our suffering, how to understand the role of suffering in life and all this stuff. Um, but with the Scorpio North there and this whole business up there, it's like to really get to the bottom of what's happening. So I, th- I think the hospice thing, and I think you know, if you're drawn to do that with kids, like that, that's, that's, that's awesome because um, that's a true thing that people don't know how to look at. You know, like that's Moon, Uranus, and Scorpio in the eighth. Like that's, that's the reality. And because you're not doing it because you're, you're macabre or maudlin or because you're depressed. You know, it's no. not like, oh, do I want to be around death because I think that life is all death and darkness. It's, you know, you're not like putting on a show. Right. Um, uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's an earnest, uh, you know, exploration of this part of yourself that in a bunch of lives doesn't get a lot of air. And that's mm-hmm. really the thing about the North Node is that it hasn't gotten air, so we have to stretch into that. And, um, you know, the other thing I'll say, uh, you can probably read my mind before I even say this, but... But with something conjunct the North Node, we tend to have prejudices about what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, like we have these ide- prejudices, kind of a, load, you know, a word with some weight. But like we have preconceived ideas about what it would look like. And I think the sensationalism of like horror movies surrounding death is probably like would probably sit with that for you. And then as soon as you experience it, you're like, yeah, that's not really that's not really it. Like that's not you know mm-hmm. grow out of that. But there is that sense of um, fearing death and fearing, you know, intensity. And that would also, you know, that would also get into intimacy and vulnerability and sexuality as well as, uh, hey, can you owe me money? You know, like that kind of shared resources stuff mm-hmm. too. Like, like an idea of what it looks like and that idea is always unattractive. And then mm-hmm. you actually have to find out that you don't know and so you go in and you explore it and it's brand new and then you're like, well, I got to, you know, develop this new part of myself. And um, so that's why I was so excited to bring you on the show to do this because um, with this kind of setup, it's, I, don't, I don't know that everybody with this setup will have, will want to talk about it. You know, uh-huh. we want to talk about the death because we tend to avoid stuff that's hard on our north nodes. You know, we, we don't know how to do it until we figure it out. But so that's why was one of the reasons I was, I was excited. And uh, also that you got that, that if I watch violent movies, that doesn't mean I want to, you know, be in that space. It just makes a kind of sense somehow. Right. No, completely. You know, and um, I don't think that I, I might not have really wanted to um, explore all of that. But I mean, realize after exploring all that, um, I realized that it made me happy. Like it made me mm-hmm. um, peaceful, and you know, I. I'm trying to figure out how to articulate this. Like, it's not, my parents aren't big into horror films and we don't really, we talk about, we talk about death a little bit with some of my other, like one of my cousins is um, a very eighth house person and we wind up talking about like death and ghosts and she feels things and horror flicks. But other than that, my family's not really too much into that. But, um, you know, by exploring all that on my own and and just like, I've, like you said, like I feel genuinely, like I feel excited about it. So mm-hmm. I, realizing that what, what my feelings are around that is, has made me want to keep pursuing that. So, well, then you make it a part. I mean, not the the entertainment, but you make 
like you, you create space, like you learn about your, that part of yourself through ob- observing that, you know, that relationship with that, that, those media, but then you acknowledge it. So the media are North Node teachers, right? Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Like, so then you acknowledge yeah, oh, it, oh, yeah. and you create space for it to be real, and then you have this thought, you know, gosh, I, I can, you know, what about hospice? And that, like, that makes it, you know, even just asking the question and, like, thinking about it and spending time with it, you know, even if you don't do it, it I mean, it, I think it would be great if you did something like that, but, but that's not the point, really, necessarily. Mm-hmm. The point is to open up to be aware of those life themes and to... So it's like, like the, the media being a teacher in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, like watching movies about death, you know, taught me more about how to be myself. <laughs> it's kind of a really uh-huh. counterintuitive thing, but... Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I think I think we, I think a lot of us have fascination with death because and with violence. I mean, these two themes we're talking about, because because we are trying to process stuff that happens elsewhere on the timeline. And not everybody has you know Scorpio North Node or Mars in the first square of the nodes or something like that. Not everybody has those signatures. But but you know as I as I as I try to impart to you and my other students, it's like we're living these multi-life journeys where all kinds of things happen, like all kinds of things. Like, uh, so, but we are processing all kinds of things. Like somebody who's really drawn to romance novels might not be lonely. Mm-hmm. You know, like somebody who's really drawn to like espionage novels uh, might not be secretive and uh, suspicious. Like, it's like we're all processing these emotional themes. And um, but I, think, I think death and violence are huge ones because if we don't have a worldview that helps us make sense of why these things happen, then it's just tragedy upon tragedy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy, it's really easy, and actually I'm almost quoting Jehudi from um, Understanding Loss and Death, the, one of the, the books I channel from the Ascended Master, because he was talking about how people, it's easy for you, like when you observe that somebody's lived a long, full life, and he or she passes away from old age or some old age-related complication or something, some thing that happens when you're, when you're old. But to look at the death of anybody else is really, really tragic, and, and you don't understand, and you struggle you know, to understand how this happens. And that's, that book is all about giving us a, a view on that. You actually have that in Jehudi Speaks. Yeah, I, you I do. That book. I do. Have I you read that. that? Did you yeah, read that? I, I read, well, yeah, I specifically have read that Understanding chapter. Understanding Loss of Death. Yeah. yeah, a few times. Okay, yeah. So, and that yeah. book, actually, because it's four books compiled. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Can I yeah, ask you a question, Tom? Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. You know, with your chart, and we're talking about, you know, um, whatever's on the North Node and the media that we search out being our teacher, mm-hmm. what, what are some of the things with, like, watching all of the, the war flicks and 24 and stuff, what are some of the things that you felt you've learned or that has taught well, you? Well, that's just it. I don't feel like I've learned anything, and that's, that's uh-huh. what I'm realizing as we're talking. It's it's like this this frequency, this like thing is happening inside me, and I haven't processed it. I, I don't uh-huh. I don't yet know how to process it. I mean, I do I do lots of energy work. I do little meditation things with balls of white light, and I connect to the earth. I do all kinds of things, but honestly, and I and I let um, my guides, I let Jehudi, and I let this you know Archangel Metatron work on me. But it's like it's they can't do anything really effective until I turn a corner with certain things. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, the very notion of conflict between people 
I mean, interpersonal conflict is um, still outstanding. So I'm still learning. Like, mm-hmm. so I don't, I haven't, it hasn't opened me up to anything except not having to have that actually happen in my life. Because, mm-hmm. like, because, like, if I'm carrying this this energy, I'm not sure if that made to- as much sense as I wanted to. But if I'm carrying this energy of conflict and, you know, sometimes war, sometimes violence, sometimes murder, like this is a frequency that that I'm not happy about having, but it's a part of my multi-life experience. And I, for example, have visceral memories of torture of some other person who's associated with my soul. We'd call it a past life thing. I have that memory all the time. So if somebody walks near me with something sharp, I get nervous, like really mm-hmm. scared and almost defensive. And, you know, when I, find, when I see somebody else, even in media, picking on somebody else, I, I, I freak out. Like bullying, I, I almost like lose my stuff. And mm-hmm. um, so I haven't got, I haven't processed it, but I know that if I carry this energy and there's no outlet, then I may draw it to me. And that's just one of these, like, you know, like we've talked about creating a vacuum. If you don't feed an energy in your chart or in your life, which is your life, then you may draw it to you because the energy still exists. And so, so for mm-hmm. me, I think I'm probably less argumentative if mm-hmm. I watch that stuff sometimes. Which, uh-huh. okay. I, and I'm kind of like, part of me is like, you sound like you're full of shit, but I think that's true. I think it's, like you were saying, like you can relax a little bit because like, there's the truth of this theme being discussed and explored and acted out. You know, the, the right. truth of this. Right. And so for you, it, that makes it true. It creates space and you relax. And for me, it's like meeting this need to have conflict. I don't want to have many kinds of conflict in my life. Like I've had, I've had some bad kinds of conflict in my life that are scary. And I've had a couple of, of death threats when I was in my 20s that were really like adrenaline fight or flight like uh bad you know scary and um and i think that if i allow myself to watch people blow up other people's cars on a tv show i honestly i think that i don't draw that energy to me as quite as much i'm going to be thinking about this though definitely going to be thinking about it because um part of me says wait a minute that doesn't sound totally cool but maybe (laughs) um (laughs) But, but, you know, but I'm not bringing that to the world. You right. know, I'm, not, I'm not bringing that to, you know, my partner or my family. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm not bringing it anywhere. So um, I think that it kind of helps me almost manage it in a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. Like anger, like intense uh-huh. anger. So watching, like, and, and that's just it. I don't want to watch um, a person... On a on a in, in some kind of entertainment media beating somebody else like I don't want to watch spousal abuse, I don't want to watch mm-hmm. child abuse. You know I don't want to watch like I don't watch anything like that. So it tends to be organized things like mm-hmm. um, you know like like a war situation or a, or something like that. It it tends to be like that and um, yeah. But I just have these visceral memories of all these terrible things and it's like how do I how do I deal with that. How do mm-hmm. I how do I process that? And so I, I think the, 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 that's a long answer to your question. I, I don't know that it's taught me anything other than uh, it seems to be a way to avoid creating a vacuum as far mm-hmm. as anger goes. You know, so mm-hmm. um, I mean, knowing what I know about all the stuff that we talk about and all the stuff the show's about um, astrology, soul, karma, all that stuff. 
and knowing how like you know we get imprinted as um, emotional beings and how that carries you know radiates out through many lives. Like knowing what I know, I think that um, to have the energy present in one's life when you don't really know what to do with it. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. act any of those things out. I don't want to draw any of that to me. I, you know, it's like, but having that memory of it being real, but it's not my biography this life, except for those, you know, a couple, a couple times where I was threatened. But, um, I mean, one of them was actually like, one of them was a guy who was towering over me in an elevator. And he, was, and he actually, like, uh, was, like, snarling and, like, drooling on me as he threatened me. It was, like, really, really weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was going to kill me, and then... I was able to get away when the elevator door opened. And he felt like he had, I, th- I think he felt like he had, he was satisfied because he intimidated and scared the hell out of me. So I think, I think it wasn't hard for me to, to leave the elevator. Um, and the other time, and these are both on the job, by the way. This was when I worked at a hospital in Boston. This was a, co- mm-hmm. a co-worker. And the <laughs> other time was a, a guy where I worked at a, at a hotel uh, doing a, I think banquet stuff. Like, I didn't want to work in an office. I didn't want to be, like, trapped, so I was doing anything else I could think of. And so I was, I was working. I was my first job out of college when I was 22. And, um, and he was a cook, and so, like, he had to do certain things so that I could do my job, and he wouldn't do them because he didn't like me. And, mm-hmm. um, and I had kind of walked into it in this weird, weird way that I can recognize now as, like, this, you know, conspiracy between the souls to get this conflict going. I'll just mm-hmm. I'll just tell you what I'll just tell you what it was briefly. Like we just got a couple minutes left, but I'll just it's actually kind of a funny story. Um, in the kitchen where he worked all the time, and I had to pass through a bunch of times a day, there'd be music playing. And if the chef was there, chef were there, it'd be country music. But when he wasn't uh-huh. there, everybody else like was relieved because they got tired of listening to the same country music over and over again. Because uh, everybody else who worked there was it was in their twenties and didn't you know wanted to listen to something else. So. One time there was this thing playing, and I didn't hear any words. I walked by, and I was like, hey, I really like that. And this guy goes, hey, that's actually my band. This is a tape of my band. And I was like, oh, that's cool. He was like, hey, I'll loan it to you. He loans it to me. It's Christian rock. It's like evangelical uh-huh. Christian rock, which, you know, I just I had no interest in. It was actually kind of a turnoff for me at that point. So I gave it back to him a couple of days later, and he said, hey, did you listen? And I said, um, I said, hey, thanks for the loan. Yeah, and he's like, did you like it? And I was like, yeah, he could tell I didn't like it. So there's uh-huh. this conflict that got created because of this stupid thing. <laughs> you know, it was like when the lyrics, it was like heavy metal, but it was like Christian, you know, like, uh-huh. okay. Anyway, so then this, this built up, and so he was just like, he playing this game with me, whatever, and, and, uh, and he eventually chased me with a knife through the kitchen. Like, that's what, that's what ended up happening. Oh he was gosh. like snarling <laughs> and screaming, and it was like 6 a.m. or something, and like, um, Anyway, so that was the second one. It was like, I was like, how can this happen? You know, like, who, who are these people? <laughs> you know, like, right, yeah. Um, anyway, it's a long story, but that's, that's actually what happens. It's kind of like this, this way that interpersonal conflict escalates. And, and um, you know, so for me, I can be angry or upset or scared, but I can also, in retrospect, choose to look back at it as, I need an initiation into a healthy way to deal with Mars, like, mm-hmm. you need initiation into a healthy way to deal with, like, eighth house stuff. And for me, it's, like, first house Mars, which is, you know, standing up for myself and, and learning how it's in Libra. So learning how to be diplomatic in a new way. And with right. each of those situations, it was with somebody who very obviously wouldn't do his job. And there was one snarky comment from me that set the whole thing off each time. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was in the right 
but the way I did it was probably a little too like Uranus snarky, you know, like mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, so learning new levels of being diplomatic is what I can file those things under now. But at the time, of course, it was just like terror. <laughs> so, right. Anyway, Mars seems like it would be hard to deal with anyway. You know, like um, Mars stuff. I don't know. Maybe that's just my own personal thing. But it seems like you know, involving violence and and you know, I don't know. It just seems like it would be difficult stuff to process. <laughs> well, well, it is because you, you don't think straight. I mean, it's about doing things without thinking. And so, so you either do something instinctively that you may like or may regret later, or you respond, right? It's an energy of response or reaction. And so mm-hmm. if you're grounded and your head's screwed on straight and you're clear, you can figure out how to respond. But if you're not, then you're just reactive. And that's, like, mm-hmm. that's essentially a huge part of, of you know, me getting on track in this life is learning how to not be reactive, but how to choose a response. And that's, that's a Mars in the first uh, evolution. And so it is hard because you, you, well, also if you have it involved in the nodal structure, you, you may be, um, in different lives, you are experiencing violence. And we get into this victim mode or aggressor mode to try to compensate or come out of victim mode. But really, from the soul's perspective, all that stuff is about learning about this Mars energy. So all those people, I've had to go back and thank these two people uh, Uh and be grateful for them for showing me that I don't know yet how to do Mars. Or at least at that point, I knew very little about how to do Mars in the first and an effective way. So, you know, and as I talk about with squares to the nodes, we might know four of the things really well out of the Mm -hmm. seven or eight that we should learn to do mm-hmm. it well. And so we'll rely on those few things that we know. And for me, it's like um, uh, apparently being a smartass and then getting chased by somebody with a, a knife. But anyway, you know, like that's not the right way to do it. <laughs> you know, there's, right. there's, diplomacy <laughs> and there's a forthrightness and a kind of like, and so for me, I have to decide that I don't need to fight, and which it means coming out of having fought in the past. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's like for me what I can tell is the is the is the frontier that I work with, and I do work with it because um, there 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 you know the last few years even there have been issues with with Mars stuff coming at me, and I've had to to learn how to, like the guy tried to 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 rob uh, to rob me um, 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 at our house where we the last place we lived, he was trying to steal something and blowing my girlfriend on the property and all these stories, and I was like, and I kind of did like not puff up my chest, but like energetically I got grounded and kind of puffed up and said, oh, right, you need to leave and never come back. And it was very positive, Mars, because I wasn't upset. Mm-hmm. You know, because I wasn't angry. I was just like very clear and I was like, oh, yeah, that's not going to happen. You need to go away. And mm-hmm. he did. But um, anyway, so I'm warning. I'm warning. Well, Kat, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We're at, we're at time. Um, thank you, Tom. Did you, um, if people want to contact you, because you do, you do readings, you're available to do readings too, and, uh, yeah? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, so if you give out your, your email address, people could contact you, um, and that would be great. Sure. Um, you can contact me at cat uh, underscore belmaris at yahoo.com. That's K-A-T underscore B as in boy, E-L as in Larry, M as in Mary, A-R-E-S as in Sam, cat belmaris at yahoo.com. I'd love to hear from you. Great. Thanks, thanks a lot for, for joining me and sharing your data and uh, having this conversation. I really, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Tom. I really enjoyed it too.
So that's the show. Thanks for listening, and a happy new year to you. And a um, uh, reminder, go check out the uh, subscription service through tdjacobs.com. Find the uh, subscription service button on the homepage. And uh, also, uh, if you appreciate the show, if you enjoy what you he- hear here, uh, consider making a donation to support the show. It does cost money to put on the air, and uh, I love creating community with people all over the world. There are many thousands of uh, podcast subscribers at this point, and, and if you send a few bucks, it really helps me out. You can do that through tdjacobs.com forward slash soul.html, S-O-U-L dot H-T-M-L. Thank you, and I will talk to you next week. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.